0: Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, to, then he said Jesus said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. Earlier morning than usual. I was watching a movie last night, one of my favorite movies from childhood, Beauty and the Beast. And I, while I was watching it, I began to realize that if we think back to most of our favorite childhood stories or movies, or even some of our favorite adult stories and movies, we will most often find that somewhere in there is a story about mistaken identity. Disney's built an empire on this theme, Snow White, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, on and on and on. Grimm's fairy tales are filled with stories of disguised princesses, disguised princes, disguised queens, disguised kings, disguised fairies, disguised witches. There seems to be something that calls to us about this particular kind of story. And our scripture today is another example, is another story about mistaken identities and disguises. All this Lent, we are meeting Jesus on the cross. But do we know who that Jesus is? Or do we, like so many others, fail to see the truth? It was interesting to me that as I began to prepare for this sermon, I found that there was little written in commentaries about Jesus' time on the cross. As though it was so obvious and simple that it needed no explanation. And I have to wonder if that's true. As Jesus hangs and suffers there on the cross, the world looks on. The people, the church, the government, the outcasts, and the sinners in what could be called a comedy of errors, if it was not such a tragedy, one after another after another cannot see the truth about the man right in front of them. And the first people to make this mistake, the first people to fail to see who Jesus really was, was not the unbelievers, was not the Roman pagans, was not the guilty criminal. No, the very first people to fail to see Jesus clearly were the religious leaders. They had been searching for the Messiah for generations. And now that he is right in front of him, they can't even see him. This was not the Messiah that they had been looking for. This suffering servant who spent time with the lowest members of the community who welcomed in the shameful and the poor and the weak and the broken. This Messiah who opened the gates and let in the Gentiles, expanding, not contracting the kingdom of God. No, the Messiah they knew was coming was the one who would overthrow the world, who would crush those other religions. He would make Israel great again and make everyone see that they had always been right. He would wipe out his enemies and reward the faithful. And I think if we're honest, that not that much has changed. That the church and her leaders, her people, still fail to see the true identity of God in the man on the cross especially in the Protestant and evangelical world, we have a complicated relationship with the crucifixion. We want the resurrection, the glory of the risen Christ. We want to take Jesus down off that cross. We, too, want and look for the triumphant Savior, the resurrected Christ, and want to skip over the crucified one. If we have to have a crucified Christ, at least give him a machine gun or a Supreme Court pick. Not that broken, humiliated, naked body on the cross. We too fail to see who God is. We too seek leaders who are charismatic and attractive and powerful. Everything we hope to be one day. He saved others. Let him save himself if he's really the Christ sent from God, the chosen one. In the eyes of the religious authorities, the ultimate act of God would be to save himself from death. That's what we want, to be saved from death. And our own desires blind us then from the truth. That the ultimate act of God is not self-preservation but self-sacrifice. Like the stepmother and stepsisters from Cinderella, those closest to the one disguised who should have been able to tell who was right in front of them. We fail to see the truth of a God who is standing right in front of us. But it's not just the religious leaders who are fooled because Luke goes on to tell us that next... Roman soldiers are fooled by the identity of that man on the cross. Those Roman soldiers who represent all of Rome and its government and power. One of the most important things to know about crucifixion in Rome was that it was a death that was used only for very particular cases. The Romans weren't just running around handing out crucifixions to everybody. You get one and you get one. No, this was a type of death that was used to serve as a warning. Mess with Rome, and this is what will happen to you. Rome wasn't looking for a Messiah, but they did fail to see a true ruler. The sign placed above his head, King of the Jews, was both a mockery and a charge. How dare this simple Jewish man To be a king. Rome already has her Caesar. No one else is needed. And for those among us who would like to claim that Jesus' message was not political, his very death rejects this notion. When Rome looked at Jesus, they saw a threat a threat to their very way of life, to their economic system, to their culture, their values, and their social hierarchies. The message of Jesus, the inclusive, table-turning, social order-destroying, money-giving, loving message that the kingdom of God was here could not be tolerated. And rather than seeing that message as one of peace and grace and forgiveness, Rome mistook it for a threat. After all, The kingdom of God cannot be managed by any bureaucracy. It's very wildness, it's unpredictability, make it a danger. And the message the soldiers tell him is to save himself. Any real king would. Any real king would not have ended up here to begin with. He should be protecting himself. And these men fail to see the truth about real kingship, that it is not selfish, it's selfless. And the words of Jesus are still a threat to governments all over the world, including our own. Because we still can't see that the kingdom of God is not a threat but a salvation. These soldiers cannot see that in the end, no country, no empire, no human being can save them. They have put too much of their hope and faith in Rome and have been blinded to no longer be able to see the true savior of the world. They look for a leader who embodies wealth and privilege, who seems untouchable and above them. They don't want a ruler who looks like them, who can suffer like them, if we must have Christ on a cross, at least put him in a designer suit and a red power tie and an elected office, we too must realize that often we accept the false God of government and politics as savior, and we reject Jesus because he doesn't seem strong enough or strident enough. Or narrow enough for our tastes. Like the beast at the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, we can't see the power in front of us because we are too distracted by the package that it comes in. We finally come to the two criminals being crucified next to Jesus. And here we finally get maybe what we always expected. It comes at no surprise that this criminal, this lowlife, doesn't see Jesus for who he really is. We expect those kinds of people to miss the point. But maybe, maybe the criminals aren't very different than you and I. I have to admit that of all the people who mess up in this story, of all the people who fail to see the truth at the crucifixion, the one I have the most sympathy for is this man. This criminal who mocks Jesus because he is at the exact same moment being crucified as well. He too has had his arms stretched out and nails driven through his hands. He too is suffering excruciating pain and his imminent death. And he lashes out Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and save us also. He's searching for a savior. But his pain blinds him from seeing the truth of the one right in front of him. The problem is that there is a miracle unfolding. But it is not the miracle he had hoped for. In the midst of our trials and tribulations, We don't want a suffering Savior who looks like us. We don't want one who feels and bleeds like us. We want a Savior instead who will free us from all our pain, who will remove us from any of the hardships of life, who will banish the threat of death itself. If we have to have a crucified Christ, at least give him a six-pack and superhuman strength. Make him a genie that can answer our every wish. And on the other side of Jesus hangs his friend and he yells back, because he has watched as person after person has failed to see what he sees. He has missed the truth that is right, that has missed the truth that is right in front of them. Don't you fear God? Seeing that you have also been sentenced to die, we are rightly condemned. We are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did, but this man has done no wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And all of a sudden, the veil is lifted. Through the eyes of a convicted criminal, the truth of who Jesus is is revealed. And I believe that the reason that this man can see where all others fail is because he is first able to recognize his own position with God. And it lets him see the truth of who Jesus is more clearly. Too often we lie to ourselves about our own human condition. We tell ourselves we're fine. We're not that bad. We convince ourselves that we're religious enough or righteous enough, or our viewpoints and thoughts are godliest, everyone else is the problem. And like the religious leaders and the soldier and the criminal, when we lie to ourselves about our heart and our nature, we cannot possibly see Jesus clearly. We cannot see our desperate need for exactly that broken and beaten body dying on the cross and the promise that it brings for us. But because he can see himself clearly in this moment, the thief can also see the truth of who Jesus is and the importance of the moment. He can see the real Messiah, the real ruler, the real Savior. And he knows that this is just the beginning of the kingdom of Jesus, not the end like everyone else assumes. And Jesus responds exactly how Jesus always responds to those who call on him. Swiftly, with a promise that he is not alone, that we are heard, and that we will be brought safely through. And as he painfully turned his head, squinting his eyes filled with agony and sweat and blood, and yet still filled with compassion. Jesus' last moments on the cross were lived out the same way his life was, with his arms wide open, welcoming the lamb who had strayed. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Not because you lived right, not because you were holy or righteous, not because you are powerful or wealthy, not necessarily because you were even good. You will be with me in paradise because you asked, because I answer, because you saw and recognized God in your midst and your own need for him. It is a promise that has been made in blood and sweat and tears that is forged in a fire of pain, paradise will come. If we must have a crucified Christ, let it be this one. From the beginning, the people stood and watched silently, perhaps trying to discern what and who to believe. And we are left to wonder at the end of the day, whose vision did they walk away with? vision will we leave with? Will we let ourselves be blind to the God right in front of us? Will we continue to search feebly for his presence? Will we see God in institutions and people we should not and miss Christ standing right next to us? Will we be, will we be so consumed with ourselves that we are unable to see the truth of who we are and therefore unable to see God among us. Or maybe we will become instead like the thief on the cross, a people who know that in the face of the infiniteness of God, just how finite we are, who recognize our true nature and who long to see the suffering Christ beside us. Will we ask to enter into his kingdom? Or will we demand that he saves ours? Today you will be with me in paradise. It is a promise that is made not from the other side of the resurrection, but on the cross itself. May we not be so fooled, like the package that it comes in, that we miss the importance of and the grace of the moment. Amen.
2: Friends, this, this morning we're going to uh, we're gonna have a prayer of confession with four voices. And the reason for that is that as, as great as it is to to have people who are in leadership be able to speak eloquently and maybe succinctly, confession is about us not just about the one. And so this morning, the four voices uh, will be uh, myself, our sister Whitney, our brother Kenny, and the fourth voice will be us as a family. And so um, this morning, I invite us to, um, to be confident, but also um, just be aware of, of how we're all in this together, and that we have a chance to uh, come before God and, and be honest about who we are, but also there's a, there's a promise in there that comes from that. So would you please let us pray together? Help me to look at you, God, through the eyes of the thief on the cross, and grant me the grace, I pray, to see your eyes and the forgiveness that he saw. For I, too, have stolen much. When I have gossiped, I have taken from another's reputation, and in the process, I have robbed, I have robbed for my very own. And when I have raised my voice in anger, I have taken something away from peace. as a family, continue to pray. Grant me the grace to live such a life that when you do remember me in your kingdom, O Lord, you may remember me with a smile and look forward to the day when I too will be with you in paradise. Amen.
3: Spirit of God, speak your peace, speak your peace.